The Mac Observer's Mac Geekab episode 900 for November 15th, 2021. <laughs> Mac Observers, Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your tips, your questions, your cool stuff found. We, as we have been doing for 899 episodes up until now, we try to answer your questions. We share your tips. We share your cool stuff found because the goal is for each and every one of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include... Boxofawesome.com, where code MGG gets you 20% off. Upstart.com slash MGG to help uh, consolidate your debt. Napjitsu.com slash MGG, where you can save 30% off your first purchase. And HunterDouglas.com slash MGG to take advantage of their Season of Style rebate savings event. We'll talk more in depth about each of those shortly here. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fearful, Connecticut. Hoping we don't get a tornado because we did get a tornado watch. Yikes. Um, this is John F. Braun. Ooh, that's not good. And here in on the screen in southern Durham, New Hampshire, <laughs> some below John and Dave there. That's right. Is uh, Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me back, Chance. Thanks for Always coming, Pilot Pete. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And you are in a slightly more southern portion of Durham, New Hampshire. I am actually north of that, you. There we go. So, so th- this is, this all checks out. That's right. That's right. 900 episodes, gentlemen. 30 squared. 30 squared, as I found out this morning. Yep. See, learning five new things, man. One down. One down, (laughs) four to go. (laughs) I did a little math, uh, a little research, not not math, but um, we we started the show. John, you and I launched the first episode on June 13th, 2005. That was two full years away from even meeting Pilot Pete, by the way. Uh, uh, certainly before he would join us regularly for the show, we would like windows geek. Then, man. You were, I was, wow. Thank God for windows Vista. Here I am today. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're a refugee. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. XP was still my favorite. That yeah. wasn't a bad system. No, it wasn't. I agree with you, John. XP was my favorite too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on, I'm in that camp for sure. I remember when I did development, corporate development, um, some people wouldn't get off of XP. They're like, ew, I don't want, uh, I think Vista is what followed it, right? Yeah. Uh, ME was, followed it, I think. Oh, maybe. Okay. I, I think, think Steve Gibson stayed on XP until like two or three years ago. Yeah. It just become the totally untenable. To- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just because the next version, uh, they, they tried to copy Apple and they added all sorts of eye candy and, and most people hated it, especially right. developers. Because it's like, I want to develop. I don't want to. Pretty pictures. Right, right, right. Yeah, fair. Yeah. 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 And Apple's marketing folks had a ball. Oh, of course they did. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, yeah. coming to a sad realization, except or deny. <laughs> and then recently they swapped them, right? They, yeah. They, yeah, they kind of yeah. went the other way around. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but thinking about this, like back in, in 2005, we were still in a power PC world for our Macs. Uh, it was one week prior to releasing our first episode that uh, Apple, a.k.a. Steve Jobs, because he was the one that did all the fun announcing back then, uh, th- announced their transition to Intel, which he said would begin by June of 2006. It began 
in January of 2006, I, I have recollections of being at the Macworld Expo keynote where they announced the MacBook Pro with Intel. And I remember running back to the speaker's lounge because there was no Wi-Fi in the keynote room, running back to the speaker's lounge, opening up what must have been like my tie book at the time and ordering my Intel MacBook Pro, uh, you know, there to get it on whatever. That was my first Apple product was that. That Intel. 2007 Intel MacBook Pro. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that was, yeah. That was, So, uh, you know, but it's amazing to think that, that, I mean, of course we've been through two transitions, but this show has been through two Not transitions, two. right? Yeah. From PowerPC to Intel yeah. to M1. Yeah. yeah. Or to Apple Silicon, I guess is what we should call it. And but. the guy at, uh, here's a blast from the past. The guy that talked me into it was the sales rep at Circuit City. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? Yeah, right, right. Long gone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember they had those stores, store in a store yeah. stuff back then. Yeah, right. That's right. That's what Apple was doing. Yeah, there were no Apple stores. I didn't even put that on my list, how how, yeah. how far away we were from that happening. Uh, we were running Mac, we were running Mac OS X Tiger. Mac OS X uh, itself was five years old when we started the show. Uh, it was seven years away from being renamed OS 10, yeah. despite the fact that I'm wearing my the joy of OS 10 shirt today. It turns out for the first time, I pulled this shirt out of the closet thinking, oh, this would be perfect to wear. And there was still a tag on it. Oh, funny. Yeah. So that that um, that teaches me a few lessons. But Tiger, which had been released, I think, in April of of uh, 2005, was was well, a the subject of our first episode in in many ways but also sold for $129 sold sold that's right that's right they used to sell the operating they systems. used to they sell operating systems and it wasn't cheap huh? no like we i think that was part of the it's been a little while since i've listened to that first episode but i do catch it occasionally once every year or two uh and and i i my memories that we talked about why we had chosen to, you know, finally upgrade to Tiger, what the benefits would be to try and encourage people to, yeah, we know it's 129 bucks, but here's what you're going to get out of it. And, and that sort of thing. So, uh, and it was Tiger 10.4.4, I believe, which is what ran on Intel first, at least for us, us, you know, customers. Yeah. So in 2005, in June 13th, 2005, when we did episode one, the iPhone was two years away from its release. Yep. Uh, the iPad was five years away. So, you know, the, the fact that the site was named the Mac Observer, the fact that this podcast is named Mac, and Mac Observer is still named Mac Observer, obviously. And the site and the podcast was and is named Mac Geek Gab made a whole lot of sense at the time. I think if we were to launch this exact show now, we would probably name it something different. All, all, all things Apple or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Apple Geek Gab, yeah, which is yeah. a domain that we've owned for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. But uh, the iPod reigned supreme. Uh, the full-color iPod photo had been released, I think it was about six months prior, but I might, I might have my numbers slightly incorrect on that. But that, that was like, it, that was the first of the color iPods was, was and, out and, at that moment. And yeah. that was actually, I think, probably my first true Apple product yeah. before, the, before the laptop was I saw somebody on the airplane because I was hauling around a DVD player and, you know, on a big folder right full of dvds you know eight ten or uh, not dvds uh, the ipod cds yeah cd player and the ipod by that point in time was was already running itunes was already running on windows they were previously 
it, the the first method by which you could sync a Windows machine with an iPod was Music Match, I think was the name of the app. Oh. And they sunsetted that when they finally launched iTunes for Windows, which was a much better solution anyway. But um, well, that, and then uh, let me ask then, was that uh, Apple officially supported Windows thing then? Or it was. Okay. It was officially supported. Yes. Okay. The music. There match were thing. other ones yeah. like was Sanuti was iTunes spelled backwards. Right. And then a couple other ways you could. That's you right. Know, it looked like a drive, essentially. And you just. Pulled yeah. You just. Put, no. Yeah. The, the music match. I mean, music match if memory serves dealt with it, like it was a drive, but it was the official way of doing it as opposed to any other way. And it was all, and it was a USB product by then. Cause remember the first iPods were firewire only, which uh, I know I, I yeah, like yeah. It, it's amazing. It, as I was just looking and it, it, you know, I just decided to do this last night before we, you know, I'd already put the agenda together and I was like, we should do a little bit. We don't spend a lot of time walking down memory lane here, but, you know, we should do a little bit of this. A little retrospective. Yeah, just to put it in all, all in perspective, you know, because there's a lot of people listening that have been with us since, you know, day one or certainly year one. And a lot of people listening who are in year one of listening to this show and, and all are welcome, of course. Uh, but, you know, for those for those of us that have been here all the way through. Interesting little walk down memory lane for those of us that haven't a little bit of perspective about, you know, how quickly things change because it's, you know, it hasn't been that long, 16 and a half years. I, I mean, yeah. it, 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 I know that's what I find interesting, ahead, too, is that the products that we just talked about were not the first to market. I remember. So, for Correct? example, iPad. Oh, sure. So iPad, I remember uh, when I did the corporate thing. Uh, I remember distinctly remember using a tablet. Ver, uh, it was a Fujitsu tablet. Sure. That had oh, Windows running on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, they just didn't get it quite right. It's like, yeah, let's put a touch screen and make something this shape and let people use a pen and navigate. Yeah. yeah and here's a stylus. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, well, as the stories go inside Apple, the iPad was developed first. And then when they got inertial scrolling working, inertial scrolling being that thing where, you know, it, it scrolls faster or slower depending on how yeah. much you push and, and, and then, you know, kind of bounces at the top and that sort of thing. Uh, that once they had that, that's when Steve Jobs said, wait, 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 this would work on a phone. Like he saw how the interface was going to work oh, yeah. and they shelved the iPad. They moved all of that development over to a smaller device, obviously called the iPhone. And uh, and so that's what got released first. But the iPad was in development first, which makes a, a ton of sense. Sure. Once you once, you know, yeah, because it was a computer company. It, yeah, they're a computer company. It's a larger device, much more difficult to develop for a smaller interface. Right. Um, reminds me of uh, was it the movie 1941. They're trying to jam yeah. the radio down in the submarine. Yeah. We got to find a way to make these smaller. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And I think the iPod, I believe who had a, was it creative? Yeah. Sony had, had one too. Sony had one. Creative yeah. had one. I had a creative one. It was like a five gigabyte MP3 player. Okay. Mm. Okay. And, and uh, who needs more than five gigabytes? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thousands of songs. On and I think they were all hard drive based. <laughs> As was Apple's right out of the gate. I mean, there was a hard drive in your pocket. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. what the first iPod many like most of the first iPods for many years yeah. Yeah. were. Yeah. They didn't move to flash memory until maybe even after we after 2005. I'm, I, I got a but I think that iPod iPod photo was still a hard drive. 
if memory serves. I don't think one it got of them, smaller. Yes, yes, it was, and it had that yeah. rotate uh, the thumb wheel, thumb wheel on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I seem to remember it spinning up, and yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. All right. And oh, and Macworld Expo is about to return to Boston for one year only. Uh, and that, I think, happened two weeks after, three weeks after we launched the first episode of this. And it, it came back to Boston, which was Charlie Greco. Man, I can't believe I pulled that name out of my wherever. Uh, Charlie Greco was running IDG. He was a Boston guy tied tight with, you know, many, many entities in and around Boston and wanted his legacy to be that he was the one that brought Macworld back to Macworld Expo back to Boston because it had moved to New York, right? We had two a year, one in New York and one in Boston and, or I'm sorry, one in San Francisco. And he moved the summer one from New York to Boston and it, it lasted exactly one year uh, before it died. It, it was not the right city in which to have a Macworld Expo anymore. Uh, that decision had been made long, long before Charlie brought it back. And which was great. We had just moved to New Hampshire. It was really nice to, you know, have Macworld Expo. I mean, we st I still stayed there, but it was nice to be able to just drive down. Down and, the street. Yeah, essentially down the street, you know, an hour and quarter away or whatever. So, so what's your crystal ball say? Any more Macworlds? No. Ever? No. 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 That's too bad. Uh, yeah, well, it, it like, we don't need them. You don't need to go to Macworld Expo to hear a session about, you know, Mac troubleshooting because yeah. you literally get that right here. Right. Right. Like the web and, and really ubiquitous distribution of, of valuable engaging content is what killed that off. And largely yeah. it's for the vendors, right? Like right. I would happily go and speak at a Macworld Expo, just like I do at a user group or whatever, but there's no reason to have vendors go to, a Macworld Expo, uh, like they, they to pay to be there, and that's what right, paid right. for Macworld Expo was all the vendors and their booths and everything. And it's just not like right. they, you know, why why would they want to do that? They don't need to do that. They can yeah. they could sponsor a show like this for much less money and, per year and and make better sales on them. and make better. Yeah, it's yeah. a better ROI. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. What what got me though was I would never. <clears throat> I would I would rarely bother with going to the big companies like even Apple's booth, sure, uh, or Adobe because it's like I already know what you do because you guys are really big. What I liked and the other uh, other observations. So I remember it was I think the New York one, and also they didn't prep their people very well. Right, the people that they had at the booth. I I remember this. So remember the one in New York in two thousand where they gave everybody a, a mouse. Yeah. You reached yeah. uh, under your seat and you got a golden ticket for a for a mouse. That wasn't even um, a ticket. The mouse was stuck there. That was it. Oh yeah, oh, wow. okay. yeah, yeah. You I got a golden ticket for when you left. You got a golden ticket for keynote the the next year. Uh, I think was how that worked. But yeah, the mouse was just stuck under the seat. Yeah, yeah. But what I crazy. remember. So every show that I go to now, I reach under the seat to see if, <laughs> of there's, <course. laughs> see if there's a key to a Buick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, is that a but what I remember yeah. is that I went to the Apple booth and they, they had the mouse. And, you know, and I looked at it and I saw that there was a little wheel with a plus and a minus. And I'm like, what's that for? And the person was like, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it was it was I'm just sweeping the up sensitivity. <laughs> it, it was to adjust the sensitivity. I think okay. how hard you had to press down to, to click. Sure. But they didn't tell the people and the, the, they knew as much as I did about the product. Right. 
Right. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. It really, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting, but I always like, and, and yeah, and we, we talked about this before, but I, I always liked the concept of tiny town Yeah, where, where they gave it, it, that is primarily who I wrote about because I would never find these guys online, right. you know, whereas Apple, Adobe, yeah, I can, you know, I, well, you wouldn't have found them online. Yeah. I guess you might've, no, you would have found them online. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you would have. There's some at cool that one-off products though yeah. that you would otherwise not see because yeah. you weren't looking for them. That's right. That, yeah. Know, like that's one right. that comes to mind for me is, you know, I got, uh, still, still use it. When was the last Mac, Mac world? Uh, 13? That's 13, really 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still using it's called the base egg. Do you remember? Did you get one of those? I don't think so. It's like a it was like a speaker driver and you set it on any object and the, the hard object like a granite countertop or a wood shelf or something like that, and it turns the whole surface into a speaker. Yeah. It was a base driver. Huh? That's pretty cool. cool. Twenty fourteen was the, 14. the final okay. one, yeah. Because yeah. so that's that's when we had Cirque to Mac eleven. That's how I knew to look that's it up. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty it, it it's pretty amazing. Hey, um, we have some quick tips that we will do. Uh, we have some questions to answer. But given that we have found ourselves talking about trade shows, I want to share one comment about uh, from Doug before we tell you at least about our first couple of sponsors here. But Doug uh, said, I was listening to last week when you guys were uh, talking about CES being under capacity and wondering whether it was going to happen. He says, uh, we're exhibiting at the SEMA, S-E-M-A show in Vegas right now which is the second largest show in Vegas behind CES. The SEMA show this year is down on exhibitors by a bit over 40%. Attendance is way down as well. A big part of this is due to international travel restrictions as many vendors in the automotive market, as well as CES, obviously, are from Asia. However, we've had a very successful show. The floor is more open with wider aisles, and it appears that the attendees actually see our small booth and don't just pass us by. Everyone I've talked with has indicated how happy they have been with the show, even with the reduced attendance. If this plays out for CES and they still have the show, I would not skip it for those reasons, as you might find that it is the most productive one you've been to in years. Yeah. If they have CES, I'll go. Uh, you know, as I've said many times, it's the gravity of it that brings people to town. And I just want to see those people, whether I hit the show floor or not. And most years, it's not. But um, but yeah, that's good to know that that it's in, I, I, the evolution of this is very interesting to me. So thank you for that, Doug. Good stuff. All right. Uh, like I said, quick tips, questions. Maybe we'll have time for some cool stuff found. The next thing I would like to do, if it's okay with you, Mr. Braun, is talk about our first couple of sponsors. Okay. All right. Hey, if you love a good midday nap, listen, you're not alone. In fact, people like Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, Stephen King, and even Dave Hamilton have known to be nappers. So why do we feel guilty when we allow ourselves to take a snooze? time to get rid of that and nap jitsu is a new way to recharge your body and your brain and they're committed to changing the culture around rest and napping our sponsor nap jitsu's natural supplements were made by people who know how it feels to be tired and busy i like to say productive but being productive makes me tired Napjitsu's patent-pending formulas have natural ingredients like B vitamins, guarana, and ginseng to help give you a boost of energy without the crash later. And each Napjitsu product provides brain-boosting nootropics that unlock steady energy right when you need it. The result? Your peak performance 
all day long. And all these supplements are packaged into small little packets so that you can take them wherever and whenever you might need an energy boost. Remember, the smart rest more. The wise rest better. Rest up and level up with Napjitsu. And for a limited time, because you're a Mac Geek Up listener, receive 30% off your first purchase when you go to napjitsu.com slash MGG. Go to napjitsu.com slash MGG for 30% off your first purchase today. That's N-A-P-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to Napjitsu for sponsoring this episode. Hey, listen, if you dread looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Our sponsor, Upstart, is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and you get to do it all online. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. And Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score. And because of that, they are expanding access to affordable credit because Upstart, unlike other lenders, considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. This part's very cool. And you get to do it all with this five minute online rate check where you get to see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So to find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today, when you go to upstart.com slash MGG. That's upstart.com slash MGG. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based upon your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, go to upstart.com slash MGG and our thanks to Upstart for sponsoring this episode. All right, John, let's go to a quick tip here from, uh, well, you know what? The first one's going to be from me. Uh, I was, well, I was talking to my son this week and he was telling me that uh, he was in class. Now he's at Reed, smart people, astute people, but as we all know, you can be smart and not know everything. In fact, it doesn't matter whether you're smart or not. You can't know everything. No one can. And uh, and he pulled up, he did, you know, the, the shortcut for spotlight on his Mac command spacebar and did a little bit of math in uh, in spotlight in the in the space, you know, the search bar there. And the people are like, wait, are you doing th- where are you doing that math? Are you doing it in your web browser? Like, how did you do that? He's like, no, I'm just doing it in spotlight. And uh, and and like people had no idea. And this is sort of the epitome of the quick tip, right? This is why we came up with the quick tip in the first place. The thing that you do as a matter of habit that other people are astounded by until they know, and then they do it as a matter of habit very quickly too. And so, yeah, command spacebar, you can type a math formula in uh, and type it in. You'll see the answer right there. If you hit the enter button twice after doing math formula, it will bring up the calculator with the answer so that you can do more from there. But the answer will be uh, if you do like, you know, 10 plus 10 or whatever, and then command C, it'll put that answer on your clipboard so you can paste it in to whatever app you might need that, that number in. So I don't know if anybody knew like that's the quick tip on top of the quick tip. So let me bump into that a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. And, And Siri will do math for you as well. That makes sense. Yeah. Never thought about it before. She will do, hey, what's this that, you know, add a bunch of things up or. Really? Verbally. See? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the calculator. So um, 
I do bill pay. And so I have two parts of the process. One is that I have a template because all of my bills usually occur on the same day every month. And then I go through and I put the number in calendar and it sets a reminder saying transfer the money to your bill pay account. Yep. And then I use the calculator to add them all up and transfer just a little bit more. And, um, I like it because it's the closest calculator I got. It's all it's right. Literally right there at your fingers. Yeah, that that's sort of the I think that's the beauty of it is it's it's just right there, you know, and you don't have to go oh. anywhere. You actually pay I those my calculator. I remember my calculator days. Did you sure. ever uh, get into HP calculators? Yeah, with RPN reverse Polish yes. notation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then they came out with one that would do uh, calculus, which was. Yep kind of sneaky <laughs> thing to do yeah uh, it was one of the first to do that because yeah yeah i, I liked mean, it and did graphing and all that stuff but the other thing is that no one would ask to borrow your calculator because they couldn't figure out rpn <laughs> right that's right yeah yeah you, you know it's interesting you mentioned that um what was that the was it the hp 43c calculator or was it the 28c i can't remember which one 28C i had is the one that i had the 28c was that the one that opened up like a, like a little, a small yeah. little book or whatever. Yeah. It was a 28C and you could program it too. You could put like, create little scripts and macros yeah. on it. Lucas, uh, my son was telling me he created, you know, he uses keyboard maestro for a lot of different things. One of which is the uh, clipboard history, right? Okay. So that's, that's where his clipboard history lies. He said he uh, created a keyboard maestro macro to pop the, top thing off of the the clipboard history so that if he knows I pasted, you know, these four things in order, he can go in and in reverse order, paste one, pop it, which means delete it, paste the next one, pop it. And this is a, a you know, a stack kind of thing, which that HP calculator also had. And uh, and so I told him, I'm like, well, you could make a special paste command that pasted and then popped just like it would on a, a, a real stack. And he was like, oh, right. He's like, that'd be super handy. He's like, I wouldn't want that to be my normal paste. I'm like, definitely not. You don't want to delete it from your clipboard history. But sometimes you do. And it, you know, yeah. just going through it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's just this stuff's fascinating. Alex in the chat room reminds us that uh, in addition to all of this, the uh, I'm assuming Siri would would do this as well. But certainly Spotlight will do currency conversion uh, if oh, you need to yeah. convert. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's handy stuff. I, I like spotlight. I like it. That's great. I forget about Siri. That's yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know if Siri will do unit uh, currency conversion. I use a little app called Units Plus. Okay. When I'm overseas and whether I'm yeah. online or not, if somehow it seems to grab the it, it latest, magically latest knows. and greatest. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. Val. Uh, Val has a quick tip for us. And I, I don't seem to have it in our, our file here, so I will I will quote this from memory. But uh, but Val reminds us or tells us that uh, we had a, a listener a couple of episodes ago who was having Bluetooth interference and resetting your network settings on your iPhone can help eliminate issues of Bluetooth interference. I'm not I don't think that would have helped what what listener Kenny was going through. Though it might, uh, but the, you know, you go to settings, general, uh, reset, and then reset network settings on your iPhone, and that will do a lot of things. It will erase the Wi-Fi networks that your phone knows about, so bear that in mind. Uh, it will, uh, but it it will, 
it will fix a lot of things. I've had it fix battery issues. I've had it fix cell related data issues. Uh, I've, and I've had it fix Wi-Fi issues. I've never had it fix Bluetooth issues. But then again, I've never had Bluetooth issues to fix. So don't know if it would have fixed my Bluetooth issues. There's but, a lot of weird talking going on in there, though, between your laptop and your iOS. It, sure. By way of example, I've gone in and found networks on my Mac that have only oh, been on my phone. You know, that's right. You know, somewhere in downtown Dubai. Yeah. I've, I've been with my phone, but not my laptop. And lo and behold, there's the network. They sync with iCloud Keychain. But what's interesting okay. is if you went on your phone and did a reset, well, when I've done a yeah. reset network settings on my phone, right. I don't get those networks back. And it's oh. frustrating because I was at, yeah. I, I think it was at your house, John. And uh, I, you know, I had to get the Wi-Fi password from you. But you said, well, I, I saw your laptop joined. And it was like, my laptop is literally, it was a one day old 14 inch M1 Pro MacBook Pro. But I, it, you know, migration assistant did it, right? And, yeah. and it like, it grabbed it from my old ones. I was like, okay, why won't it give this back to my phone? Like that would, I would really like that. That would right. be super handy. Right. So anyway, yeah. That's, that's I've also noticed it's nice when you're on a network and someone wants to join, you can just give it to them. They don't yes. have to type in the password and go share the network. That's mm -hmm. right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not just anyone. It needs to be someone obviously within Bluetooth range right. who is in your contacts list. Oh, interesting. I that's, didn't realize they had to be in contact. That's how that, that makes sense. That's okay. how that works. I, I think, of course, okay. if, if, if I've got that wrong or if you have anything to add. You'll to find this, out. <laughs> feedback at MacGeekGab.com is where we would love to have you Wait, email us. Where feedback at MacGeekGab.com? Pete, I think he said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Uh, I think that's right. And that was not the address originally, though. I won't say what the address originally was. I think it still works. But um, but it was a, an address at Mac Observer, and then we finally got the Mac Geekab domain and, and migrated everything over just to, you know, tie it into the intro segment here. And the fact that we're 900 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I am. One last quick tip is, is that Apple's holiday return window extends all the way through January 8th. Um, so just bear that in mind. Uh, if anything you buy now is good through January 8th, feel free to confirm that if it's a big purchase or something, but you've got your return window. And I think the warranty window, I don't have, I have one data point and the plural of, uh, anecdote is not data. Uh, and I don't even have plural data points here. However, I will share this with you. My son got an iPhone 12 pro for Christmas last year. He is for the second time with this same phone or with the, this, the, the replacement in this phone, he is the Qi coil uh, on the phone has stopped working. It won't charge over Qi. We're pretty certain that uh, it's the Qi pad that he has in his dorm room at school that is cooking the Qi coil on his phone. Right. Fine. He'll get a he'll get a new phone. We bought that phone for him on December 6th of 2021. I remember I looked on my calendar. I had an appointment to go down to an Apple store somewhere in mass. Cause they were super hard to get last year. And, uh, and, and we got it for him, put it under the tree. He did not activate it until probably Christmas night. It may have been the next day, but it was probably that night in reality. Uh, when he was talking with them today or yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was this week, let's say last week, doesn't matter. They told him how many days he had left on his warranty to get this phone replaced. And by doing the math, uh, which quick tip in, I used Excel or I used numbers to do this in, but it works in any spreadsheet. You put in a date 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I put in uh, to the date of whatever we were. They said your your phone is good for, you know, your warranty is good for another 47 days. So in one cell, I put today's date in the next cell. I put the number 47 and uh, actually I made it. I may have not even done that. I just did equals selected yeah. the date cell hit plus 47 and it will show you the date that adds 47 days to that. So oh, that's hmm. cool. That's a good little tip. Yeah, you can you can do addition that way and subtraction too. you know uh, who else will do that. Would Siri have done that yeah, for me will. too? Yeah. How many days, you know, what date is 47 days from today? That's amazing. Yeah. Of course she would. She's pretty smart. Unless you're in the car. I Wait, can't show you that now. Let's see. 47 <laughs> days from today. If I type this into Spotlight, mm, nothing. At least not on Big Sur. I haven't upgraded this machine to yeah. Monterey yet. But anyway, uh, 47 days was December 27th. So that was two days after Christmas, not three weeks prior to. So. He got longer on his warranty last year, yeah. and I don't know why, uh, but if you – I'd be curious to hear from any of you that bought Apple devices, you know, in sometime in December, when does Apple think your warranty ends? So. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, and Alex in the chat room is saying that if you reported something on the last day of the warranty, the issue remains for another 30 days after warranty expiration. Interesting. Yeah, that that's that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that they're, you know, well, yeah. you didn't get it to us in time. Right. Time's up. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Time's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had them with my M1 Mini that I got in trade this year. I wanted to put Apple Care on it. And I knew that it was going to be close to the I think you have 90 days from its original purchase to yeah. add Apple Care to it. Right. And I I ordered I ordered it, you know, I, we did the trade. I traded a domain for it or whatever. And uh, I got it. And then we went to Portland in like April to pick up Lucas. And I think the machine arrived like the day before I left or maybe even the day after. And it, I was back for a few days before I finally was like, yeah, I got to like Apple care this thing. And it was two days too late to do it online. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I called them up and I just kind of acted dumb because I am dumb. I didn't do it when I should have. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh, I see the problem. Yeah, this is no no worries. And and they're like, yeah, just like, we'll just do it on the phone. You, you willing to pay for it now? I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my credit card. Go, go, go. And, uh, nice. and so it was fine. So, yeah, they're they're good about that. They're good about that. I think, you know, I, sometimes you wonder, you don't know the numbers, how they make money on that. But e- even if it's a loss leader, they're making happy customers. So. That's the thing is there's a th- – I don't think it's a loss leader for them, no, first no, of all. No. But secondly, it is a customer service tool a- as much as it is a, a profit center. So, yeah. yeah. Or maybe even more so to your point. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's answer some questions, shall we, Mr. Braun? Sure. Um, question number one. Fellers, got a new 16-inch MacBook Pro M1 the other day. Love the fingerprint reader, but my beloved eject button is gone. I used to use the keyboard shortcut of control eject to bring up the shutdown dialog box. Can't find the keystroke combo or keys to duplicate this beyond, to duplicate this beloved shutdown procedure. Now I have to mouse around to shut down. Have you heard of a similar keystroke combo that once lived? Uh, have you heard of a similar keyboard combo? And the answer, Dave, is yes. Really? Um, I don't know why I did this. I think it was to solve. Um, one of my friends asked me, how do I, what keys can I use to 
bring up a shutdown or a restart dialog. Sure. And I'm like, um, I don't think there is a keyboard shortcut. So you know what? Make your own. <laughs> and that's what I did. So uh, on my MacBook Pro, uh, so here's the secret. System preferences, keyboard, shortcuts, app shortcuts, shutdown, dot, 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 is what I so I added shutdown dot dot dot, and then the ellipsis and say what function key it maps to. There you go. Right. Yeah, and you're adding that in, and and you're you're typing in shutdown dot 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 there, right? But that's because yes. it matches an a menu item of shut space down dot dot dot. So you're just typing what the menu item's name is, and then just giving it a, a function or a whatever a, a keyboard shortcut, whatever you want that to be. Yeah, and um, fascinating. And it still works on um, on Monterey. On, uh, uh, yes, yeah, it still works on Monterey. So that's awesome. Yeah, so you got to hit that little plus button at the bottom once you've highlighted exactly. that shortcuts yeah. and then put it in there. I've I've actually still used one for for years that uh, Max Sparky came up with, which is uh, to PDF. Say something's a PDF, yeah. you just hit Command P, hit the P twice, and it automatically say don't have to go through all the print di- print dialogs and all that. Oh, just bang, bang. You just blew my mind. Yeah. Pete, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh, say something's a PDF instead of going through the print dialogues and finding it saves PDF and all that. Just go command PP and it saves what you're looking at huh. as a PDF. And it's, but the, wait, these, so these what, keyboard wait. shortcuts are so powerful. So uh, how does your keyboard shortcut for that work? Like, what are you? Well, like, uh, let what's me go it say? To, um, uh, I'm on the, uh, the agenda page now. Okay. So if I just hit PP, it comes up. You no, know, I know what the function is. Yeah. How do you? How did you get that there? Like, what did you oh. type into oh. system uh, preferences? So uh, I'd have to go find it, but okay. um, it. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, there it was. Okay, so it's uh, print. I'm gonna have to find it and get back to you on it. Exactly okay. what I did because the, okay. you, it, it is print. You know, with, with the ellipsis. Yeah. It's the print dialog. Yeah. That's command P once. And then when you do it a second time, it it automatically goes to, uh, it goes to a save. Go, go to system preferences here, Pete. Okay. Yeah. Let me we're, do that. We're going we're gonna to yeah. do this in real time. You okay. Can, yeah. You so can go to system preferences. Yeah. So it's system preferences, uh, yeah. keyboard shortcuts. There it is. And there it is. But, oh, um, I see. No, I, I see what you did and I see why it works. So yeah. he has in the same place, you know, that John just said, system preferences, keyboard shortcuts, app shortcuts, app shortcuts. You have an entry item that is named save as PDF, save as PDF. And you have that mapped to command P. Yes. Now, on the surface, this seems like a really bad idea because you want command P to be mapped to print. Right. However, you don't have a menu item named save as PDF. Unless a print dialog is up and then there is a menu in the print dialog that has all of those things. Yeah. So So you're just, you hit the P the second time. You hit the P the second, the first time it means print because there is no save as, save as. And so it takes the default of whatever the application you're in. The second time there is a menu item named save as PDF and boom, there you go. So what I could do is make that we have an Apple script that we put in our, in that same menu that, that saves to like Evernote and then does all these things for Mac geek Hub. And so I could just name, I could, I could create a shortcut with the same name. You have, yeah. you have successfully yeah. blown my mind. I yeah, love well, this. Good. Cool. Cause uh, yeah, I've been using, that's one of the first shortcuts I always put on whenever I get a new Mac. It's like, yeah, oh, take there, 
Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's amazing. You know yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this. All right. Cool. Anything more on that one, John, before we uh, move on to the next M1 related question? Nope. Okay, cool. But that was off shutdown. Just just to circle I, back for the people that were listening. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I know where we are. <laughs> no, I'm going back to the people that, were, that are listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. how to get the, your shutdown command in there. Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you keeping us on track. Yeah. The tangent needs to go back. To, we need to I'm good at un- rap- unwind I'm good the at tangent. Man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, listener Greg says, uh, my current MacBook Pro is about one year old. I believe it's the very last of the Intel processor MacBook Pros. The trade-in value, however, means that I can get one of the M1 Airs or MacBook Pros from last year for not much money exchanged at all. He says, my needs don't warrant the power of the newly announced M1 Pro or M1 Max models. Right. Yeah. Pete and I, you were just having this conversation before the show started. we were. Like many geeks, the lure of the new shiny and strong, the new and shiny is strong for me, and I am itching to uh, take advantage of this deal. There's just one problem. My current work setup is to take my MacBook Pro, plug it into a single hub that provides connection to power, a few other things, and two large monitors. I do not believe that the M1 Max will run two external monitors currently. I purchased one as a test a month or two ago and could not get it to span the desktop across all three screens, uh, including the built-in display and both external monitors, so I returned it. Would I be able to utilize this setup with a new M1 Mac if I got a different USB hub? Is this something that might be fixed with a future software update? Is there anything I can do to make three monitors work on an M1 Mac? And the answer is no. The M1, well... No, with an asterisk, because I do have an answer for you. But natively, the M1 chip supports two screens. And if you have a laptop with an M1 chip, one of those is the internal screen, whether or not the it's running in clamshell mode. So the internal screen and one external screen on the laptops with an M1. This is not the case with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. Those have higher limits. They do have limits, but they're, the limits are higher. Uh, the... The Mac Mini can run two external displays because there is no internal display. One must run over DisplayPort, a.k.a. Thunderbolt, whatever you want to call that. The other one must run over HDMI. That's how the M1 chip works. So natively, on the built-in GPU, you will not be running two external displays on your M1-based Mac. However, it can be done with USB graphics called the software and the technology, let's say, is called DisplayLink. Uh, what that means is your Mac will be telling over USB a device to then convert the data into graphical form and display it on the screen. The net effect is for most things we all do, you won't notice a difference. However, the frame rate and there will be a little bit of lag happening. So if you're gaming or doing any truly interactive, you know, time sensitive activities, whatever they may be, you'd want to not do those on that external monitor. You'd want to do them on one of the two that are native to the M1. But uh, we'll put some links in the uh, in the show notes. The display link from Synaptics is the software. And then there are all kinds of USB adapters listed and uh, at, at a Web page that they host. Uh, and we will put a link to those in the show notes because that is going to be the magic answer. But 
you know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. There's docks that have it built into them. There's single USB adapters that have it built in uh, all kinds of stuff. So you'll you'll you know, you'll find the one that works for your environment. But yes, it is doable. You just need to uh, you just need to to have the right hardware and software, but it's doable and it's not super cost prohibitive. So uh, you're going to need to spend a little money to do it, but, but there you go. Alex in the chat room points out guys that um, sidecar would work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So with an iPad uh, it, that, which may or may not, I mean, if you already own the iPad, then your cost Delta is, is zero, but that would be another way of doing it with, with sidecar. So, Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, good stuff. I like it. Live.macgeekup.com is where Alex and many others are right now while we're recording this episode. And if you subscribe to macgeekup.com slash calendar, you will know when we are recording episodes. So if you want to join us, feel free. In fact, you are not just feel free. You are invited. Consider this your personal invite. No one else is hearing this right now except you. This is your invite. Well, if there's two of you in the car, you're both invited, but it's just the two of you. Nobody else. You want to take us to Tony, John? Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, here's a weird one. I use CarPlay with Apple Maps for GPS. However, we have an older Garmin Nuvi GPS that my wife refuses to give up. I have not been able to update its map since buying the M1 Air. I originally tried a USB-C to USB-A adapter, but the computer can't see it as a drive, which is how updates happen. I bought the 179 OWC Thunderbolt Hub, and I've tried it with its USB-A port. It doesn't work either. The cable works with other USB-A devices. I thought USB-3 is backwards compatible. Um... I mean, it should be. <laughs> um, I, I actually had a Garmin until they wanted to charge for maps. I'm like, charging for maps? Crazy talk. Um, but car, it was good for a while. Cars still do it. If you have a, a mm-hmm. GPS in your car, you'll you'll mm-hmm. pay for map updates there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, only thing I could think of uh, is maybe a firmware update, or maybe you have to... I don't know. Some devices that update this way, I find that you may have to um, you may have to put it in a certain mode. Maybe it forgot that it's you know to activate drive mode. Yeah, that's the best I could think of. And and then he wrote back, and he he seems to have solved the problem, but I'm not sure why. Um, he sent us a picture of his setup, and. Apparently, it works if he plugs a you a powered USB hub into the machine. Is so, it a powered hub? It, it that, looked like a powered. I hub. didn't think it was, but it, you might be right. It was like a seven port Amazon Basics hub or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could be that it needs more power uh, than his Mac was providing or his dock, you know, whatever was providing. The other thing it could be is that his um, cause it, he was going from like his, his Mac with a USB-C port to a, you know, a, a USB-C based dock that had a USB-A port on it. And then from that USB-A port to this seven port Amazon basics, you know, uh, hub that USB-A port on the dock. So the first thing in the chain is almost certainly a USB three port 
as Tony mentioned, I would guess that the seven ports on this Amazon Basics hub are all USB 2 ports. Remember, USB-A is just the shape of the connector. It can carry USB 1, USB 2, USB 3, and a couple of different flavors of it, but not all the flavors of USB 3. Um, my, my first thought was that device needs USB 2. And I know it's supposed to be backwards compatible, but that doesn't mean that the devices that were built before USB three was a thing, know how to do that mm-hmm. negotiation. And so, uh, so that, that was my thought, but, but the power thing that you brought up might be the answer instead. Uh, I've certainly seen that when I've had to update my escort radar detector, I need to make sure it's plugged in uh, with, and that uses mini USB, not micro USB. I forget mm-hmm. the names of all these things, but um, Pete's enjoying his tea in my right ear. Sorry about that. That's all right. It's fine. Uh, the uh, and my right ear and yours. Mm, sorry, guys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the um, the, I so I need to make sure it's plugged into something that's going to give it enough power to fire up because it doesn't have a battery in it, right? So power might be might be more of an issue than than. Uh, than I initially thought. You might be right on that one. I think yeah, it's yeah. just hard to say. Weird. I mean, USB C. I, I forget the maximum amperage. Yeah, it can go up to five amps. Uh, one amp, five watts. Right. Ah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, USB A, not USB C. USB C can go oh, much right. higher, of course, with power delivery and all that. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got like a 65 watt or something. Yeah. USB C. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Well, the new and the new M1 Pro. MacBook Pros can come with a 140. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, but it only works over the the MagSafe, right? Because power delivery maxes out at 95 watts or 99 watts or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 99, yeah. yeah. And, and for a little inside baseball, by the way, your battery is charging me up. I'm about six percent higher than I was. Hey, so, good news! Yeah. That's great to hear. I didn't bring my like power that. cord today, folks. So he yeah. was kind enough to hook me up to a secondary battery. To, That's right. To power the camera. I think it's a my charge, yeah. uh, big honking battery that offers power delivery. So probably jumpstart your uh, Subaru. No, I don't think it'll. That'll jumpstart the Subaru. <laughs> That's not the one. No, you got to get the ones we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. There you go. All right, we've got more questions. We have a little bit of time left. So, and we've got some cool stuff found. We'll go through some of, but don't worry. 900 isn't where it ends. 900 is where the fun begins, folks. So uh, the next thing, though, that I would like to do is talk about our next two sponsors, if that works for you, Mr. Braun. Fantastic. All right. Hey, look, this fall, as we all get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post is here with a new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections. Our sponsor, Bespoke Post, partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you some unique goods every month. I got to check out some of these things. They sent me a Weekender box, which is this bag, this this great carryall bag, but it's super well constructed it's rugged looks nice fantastic so that's the weekender i was looking at some of these other ones they've got a last call box that has uh, you know you consider yourself a mixologist maybe well this now comes with all kinds of things to add to your cocktails so that you can have the stuff that you need dehydrated garnishes a uh, grapefruit jalapeno soda they've got a moscow mule mix a hot toddy mixer right things like that they've got this fl- thing they call it the flame no it's not the cheap trick song it is 
this uh, like small little cement fireplace, like small enough to put on your desk even or, or on a table or whatever. And it, it runs on rubbing alcohol. It looks really cool. It's got this beautiful cement frame and stuff. You got to check this out. That's how you that's how this works. Right. So to get started, take the quiz at box Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. Uh, it's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel at any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code MGG at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code MGG for 20% off your first box. And our thanks to Box of Awesome for sponsoring this episode. You like to live well, right? To be perfectly at ease in comfort and in style. Well, Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and these super cool control systems that are so advanced, they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. The way they do this is, is like, you got to go check this out at HunterDouglas.com slash MGG because you can see the way the shades diffuse harsh sunlight to cast like this beautiful glow across the room. You can see how you can like enjoy the view outside while protecting your privacy inside. They've got superior insulation in the shades to keep you warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer and lower your utility bills. When you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. And you can live beautifully with Hunter Douglas, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash MGG today to take advantage of the season of style rebate savings event that they've got going on. That's HunterDouglas.com slash MGG for limited time savings. This offer expires on December 6th here in 2021. So you got to go check it out now. And our thanks to Hunter Douglas at HunterDouglas.com slash MGG for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's answer some questions. John, you, uh, you had something from Chuck. Yeah. Um, for many, uh, Chuck says, for many years, I was a satisfied user of PDF Pen Pro, but as Smile Software continued to upgrade the program with options they never used, I stayed put with the very usable um, early versions. For just one example, I think I used the OCR function perhaps once in four to five years. Then with my new M1 MacBook Air, or was it the recent OS upgrade, my early versions of PDF Pen Pro ceased to work, but I don't want to spend 90 or $140 for the current version. Um, it's too much bloat and too much money. Uh, so I've been using a hybrid but tedious combo of Adobe's PDF reader and Apple's preview as with PDF pen pro Adobe wants money for any additional functionality preview works for most of my needs, but every once in a while I need to edit something in a PDF document that preview can't manage. So does, so do we have any suggestions for PDF editors that have PDF pens, basic functionality, a reasonable price point in an upgrade policy that doesn't feed the bloat or am I being unreasonable in my expectations? Um, especially concerning price. Um, you know, if you don't have to spend 140 bucks, then, then you don't, but, um, and smile doesn't own PDF pen pro anymore. Right. I think Uh, didn't, uh, PDF pen get acquired by, uh, Oh, I'm looking here. Acquired by nitro software. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I'll tell you how I put saw that on it. the back burner. So, we'll, um, we'll bring it forward. Yeah, go ahead, John. So he um, he does pretty much what I do. So, for example, when I do my taxes, I do it on PDFs and I fill it in. And I think I use um, Adobe's um, reader and it fills out forms just fine. Um, As does preview. Apple's mm-hmm. thing fills out forms fine. Yeah. Yep. So they both, uh, uh, sometimes they don't get it quite right. Like they use the wrong font or something like that. So have I've you tried that in recent years? Cause I preview's gotten a lot better with forms than it used to be. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I, like I said, I, you know, did my taxes with it. So, um, but it was like, huh, well, where would I look if I wanted to find a good PDF, <laughs> um, reader? So I fired up my pal setup and searched for PDF and guess what showed up? PDF pen? PDF pen. <laughs> you stole my answer, John. <laughs> yeah. A, a whole bunch of other things came up. So my suggestion, now eventually, you know, I, I think the, the least expensive plan is $9.99 right. a month. So uh, you'll eventually spend $140. But you get to learn. I mean, um, what I like about Setup is that I, I keep getting notifications. They're like, hey, we added something new. Hey, we added something new. Check it out. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, um, if you look at it from that angle that you get access to a whole bunch of things, uh, what else, uh, better touch tool is in there and, and a few of, uh, uh, clean my Mac favorites. Yeah. yeah. What, mm-hmm. What'd you say? Clean, clean my Mac. Clean my they, Mac is they've got some amazing expensive software in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. No, they do. Yeah. yeah. No, Setup is a, it's a wonderful thing to have. I agree. Yeah. That's well, one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, I you know, PDF, I use PDF Pen all the time. Uh, it makes it way easier than Preview to, uh, you know, put stamps in documents, either signatures or approval stamps or things like that. Uh, it's so, it's somewhat doable in Preview, but not nearly as easily as, as PDF Pen. So it that's still something on my, you know, that I, I'm in – if it's not every day, it's four days a week kind of thing. So I, I yeah, I, I would be curious to hear if somebody's got something they like even better. Again, uh, you know, feedback at MacGeekUp.com is where we would go with that. Pre-show. Feedback. Oh, what's that, Pete? Nope, I said no. Oh, Don, did you say something? I was going to say feedback at MacGeekUp.com. That's what you say. I like it. Feedback. Oh, well, you know, I should have said feedback at MacGeekUp.com. You should have. I didn't have. think to. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I know. You missed it. You missed what your else? calling. And uh, we got a few people tossing their suggestions in the ring. Okay. Um, let's see. One person says, can't Google Workspace open PDFs? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brian says, LibreOffice. Um, I haven't. Will LibreOffice edit PDFs? I don't, hmm. I don't, I've never tried. I, I don't know that it has a PDF editor as part of it, but because it's not part of open office, which is what LibreOffice is based on. Um, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What do we got? Um, PDF element from Wondershare, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, PDF elements. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there you go. Thanks guys. It's great. I'd love, this is what we love about the chat room. It's awesome. We were having a conversation pre-show that that has come up a couple times recently, but it you know it's worth with with the borders of many many countries, including the U.S. here now, you know, opening up more and more. 
there is more and more travel that's happening. And when we do that, we need to think about how we can use our phones, especially for those of us that uh, finally used the pandemic lockdowns to realize that we didn't need international plans every day of every week on our cell phones. We only needed them when we were traveling. But now that we're traveling, we kind of need them. So, uh, Pete, you and I were talking yep. about having to use uh, you're on Mint Mobile like like us. In, I am. And in some places, I think Alaska being one, they simply have no service. Right. Right. I mean, it, it was amazing to me that I could go to China. Yeah. Or Japan, yeah. turn on my phone and pay to Rome. Sure. Pay to Rome is not an option. In I, I, I wonder if that's because maybe T-Mobile, because Mint, Mint is a, an MVNO of right. uh, T-Mobile. And so maybe T-Mobile doesn't right. have any 4G, any LTE in in Alaska? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's just no bars. It's just that's, Nothing that's not comes a up. thing. It's bizarre. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they actually don't have coverage in Hawaii either, I was told. But when I was in Hawaii this week, it worked fine. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, yeah. All right. Good. But, but Alaska, so, not, not, no soup for you. So, so. <laughs> The good news, and I know we've talked about this a couple of times, so we'll make this relatively quick and kind of make it an overview uh, or a review, depending on, on your uh, knowledge set. But most of our iPhones now have dual SIM capability. And, yeah. and for most of us, at least that bought U.S.-based iPhones, one of those SIMs is a physical SIM, and then one is an eSIM. And this is where the eSIM shines because you can set up uh, you could set up a new phone plan on that eSIM, but you can also set up a data only plan on that eSIM for when you are in an area where either you don't have service with your carrier or you don't want to pay your carrier's exorbitant roaming fees. I mean, I think what AT&T Verizon, I think, are still charging 10 bucks a day a day. But uh, I know AT&T caps at 100 for the month. Not that. okay, okay, but still. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, yeah, I'd like to have some of what they're smoking. Um, But uh, I'd like to have some of what they're collecting. Some of what they're collecting. (laughs) Yeah, you buy whatever you want to smoke with that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, But but there's 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 a better way. Right. And and for me, it starts with a free resource called eSIMDB, which is a website where you put in where you're going and, and sort of narrow down what type of service you want. And it will show you a whole list of your available options. And you can sort that list based on, you know, I want my cheapest price per gigabyte or. You know, I know I'm going to be there for 30 days, so what's the best way? And you can sort of, you know, navigate through the list and figure out what it is that you want. For many places overseas, you're going to find that TruePhone is either the best option or certainly one of the best. And the nice part about TruePhone is that it does have some, I'll say ubiquitous, but somebody will tell me I'm wrong. Uh, But, you know, close to ubiquitous coverage depending on the plan that you uh, that you choose, you can choose a Europe wide plan, for example, or one that's just for a specific country. Right. And, you know, obviously you're going to pay more for the former, but, you know, you get more or at least you get more flexibility. Another service to mention is Gig Sky, which does a lot of this, too, and works well with the eSIM, not just on your phone, but your iPad. Uh, so links for all of those are in the show notes. But hopefully this will allow you to make informed decisions about how you need to do these things. And the nice part is if you make if you do your research ahead of time and download the apps for the plans or the the services that you might use, then that's what you need to get rolling when you get to a new country. 
And that's way better than the old days where you had to hunt around, you know, sometimes at two in the morning after, you know, bleary eyed after a long flight, trying to find somebody that was going to sell you a local SIM card because you can't buy a SIM card without a credit card in the, you know, you can't buy a, a UK SIM card with your U.S. address on your credit card. It's a it's a whole big regulatory disaster. And so eSIMDB, TrueFone, GigSky, and then download the apps for any other things that eSIMDB sort of points you towards and you're going to be in good shape. So that's my that's my wrap on that. Any questions, thoughts, or you want to take us to Todd, John? I can take us to Todd. Sure. All right. <clears throat> or uh, or or we, we can go. skip Todd. No, we. Uh, uh, what else you want to do? All right, mm-hmm. I'll talk about some of my cool stuff found here because uh, I've got a couple of things. I mentioned I am digging deep into MagSafe, and one of the the what I've been looking for is I'm forcing myself to use MagSafe to see if it sticks. No pun intended. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh, and I think I've found the killer app for me. So when I go out, I have three things that I have in my pocket. One is my phone. One is my chapstick. And then one is my wallet. Now I don't carry a full, like huge, big, thick wallet that, you know, makes chiropractors rich in my back pocket. In my front pocket, I carry a, uh, just a, a thin little money clip really. And it's a, it's a, it's it, the money clip is, is great. I, I have one that has a, a place for a silver dollar in it. So I keep a silver dollar in there that my grandfather gave me and it's, it's amazing, but we all like technology and we all like moving forward, including my grandfather. So he would understand if I stopped using that money clip. And what I have found is a wallet based attachment. And, and, and you, this would work with any wallet based MagSafe attachment for your phone. And the idea is, I don't want my wallet on my phone all the time. I want my phone to be thin and, and naked. However, when I'm out and about, I would normally leave my wallet. I leave it in my car, right? That's because I know I'm going to need it when I'm going out. And so I go out and make sure my wallet's in my car and I go and when I get out of the car, I grab my wallet and put it on my, you know, put it in my pocket. Well, now I can just grab my wallet, which is I've, you know, I found a couple of things from this company on Amazon called Sinji Moru. And so the first one that I've got here is just a, wallet attachment, a card attachment, I should say for your phone or for my phone, but it would work on your phone too. You pick it in the, the color that you like and it'll hold up to four cards in its little pouch. And you know, the, the pouch will hold the phone. Like it's, it's definitely strong enough with the magnet That's to awesome. do what it needs to do. And then when I get back home, I just put this back in the car and I'm good to go. I found a second thing, as I mentioned from Sinji Moro, that is another wallet attachment. This one, uh, if you're watching the video, it has my cards in it. Uh, so it looks a little fatter, but it's more realistic. It has my cards in it, but it looks fatter than that. And that's because it has a little grip on the back of it so that I can hold my phone with. It's kind of like a pop socket style thing. It's more like what grip to you has on their iPhone cases. So I have this grip and I have my wallet. And what's cool about the grip is you can squeeze the little grip into a tray or into a, st- a kickstand. And now your phone will sit upright uh, on this little kickstand that's built in to the grip. You can watch the video. We'll put them on our Mac, our Mac Geek Hub YouTube channel at MacGeekGub.com slash YouTube as well. If you want to see the video or you can just watch the whole video of this episode at MacGeekGub.com. But uh, but this Sinji Moro, the, the, the wallet grip stand, they call it is 23 bucks. And the regular wallet is 18 bucks. And I think I have found my killer app 
that will keep me from stopping to use stopping using MagSafe. I think I've finally got there because I don't I have CarPlay in the car, so I don't need a MagSafe mount in the car. I certainly can use and have been using a MagSafe mount, you know, at, at like my desk or my bedside table, but it's not mandatory for me, you know, but the MagSafe where my wallet is on the phone and, you know, my phone can hang from it and it's all fine and good. That's cool. It's cool, right? Yeah. Like it's sort of a game changer. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of like it. And then when I need to charge, I just, I mean, my, my wallet's not on there when I need to charge, but of course there's those battery packs. Uh, my charge are the ones that we mentioned most recently, but there are MagSafe battery packs that are great because you just MagSafe them to your phone and boom, now it's charging. So I'm pretty stoked about, uh, my, my new finds with, with MagSafe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting called from. No, work. it's fine. They it want me to go to work. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know? Uh, sorry, I'm busy this month. So, yeah. Now I, okay, I think I kind of get it because I, I saw someone in line at the store have something similar. I saw yeah. that they had a phone, an iPhone. It looked like a new one. Mm hmm. And then they had, you know, like you, something similar, a little case with their credit card in it. And yeah. it was like, why are you carrying your credit cards in a case when you have Apple Pay? Oh, because there's many, many places that don't use Apple Pay. Yeah. I mean, it, just Watch go to a restaurant, right? right? And and but you also need oh, your okay. you also need your ID with you sometimes, or maybe you right, want to have your right, insurance right. card, right? So, uh, yeah, it it works. It, I, yeah, I can't. Certainly, I can go into the grocery store without grabbing my wallet out of the car because I can pay there with Apple Pay. But in general, I, you need to have a credit card with you in in today's world. Still, if you're if you're going, like I said, out to eat is the is the prime example. Many mm -hmm. gas pumps, right? You need a credit card, um, right? Right. So, yeah. Hey, uh, Martin, I believe I'm saying that right. Might be Martine. My apologies. Uh, had a follow-up to last week's episode. You know, John, we were talking about um, the fact that network uh, uh, network utility is gone, right, and won't run. And we talked about a couple of options, uh, ways of getting around that last week with Monterey. Well, uh, Martin says, I've been using an app by Marcus Roscoach called Network Toolbox on my iPad for some time. After your last show, I wondered if it run on my Mac. To my surprise, there is now a dedicated app for the Mac in the Mac App Store. We'll put a link to that, too. He says it's probably overkill for most people, but I found it a valuable uh, tool to have uh, all these utilities in one place. So thanks for that, Martin. Martin, my, again, my apologies for. I certainly mispronounced your name at least once, perhaps even twice. So there you go. Uh, what else do we have, John? Any thoughts on anything? No, we'll find we'll find Todd in the future, I suppose. But external USB drives. I do want to talk. One thing I was going to mention, if we talked about Todd and his external USB drives, is this new. You and I saw it at Pepcom. Finally, the new uh, OWC Envoy Pro Electron. Mm. This thing, and and it's worth looking at the video just to see the size of it in my hand. This is, uh, I believe this model is a two terabyte model that they sent me here. And it is a, it's a USB uh, C drive, 10 gig USB drive. Uh, their specs say it'll do a thousand megabits per second. Uh, I'm sorry, a thousand megabytes per second. Uh, it will do a thousand megabits as well, but it'll even go even faster up to a thousand megabytes. Uh, 
I my tests on my M1 Pro MacBook Pro with Blackmagic did 900 megabytes per second writes and about 650 700 megabytes per second reads. It is crush proof, dust proof, and waterproof, and it comes with uh, a cable. So it doesn't have a built-in cable, but it has its own cable. Of course, it's a USB-C cable. One end of the USB-C cable has a little adapter that you pop onto the USB-C port. Or, or plug, I should call it. And it gives you a USB-A plug. So it's adaptable to whatever you need to use. And uh, yeah, it's a nice little drive. I'm just like blown. As soon as I put it in my hand, I was like, wait a minute. They're like, we've sent you one of these. I'm like, I, 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 you may have, and it may be sitting in a box in my office, but I guarantee this is the first time I've been able to hold one of these in my hand. Because uh, I just never realized how, how tiny and, and compact this little electron is. It's so. almost too small. Almost. almost we'll go with almost on that i will agree uh, we, we will the defense stipulates that it is almost too small so is it is it an nvme i'm sure it is in there yeah in there or a mini it, it looks almost too small to be an nvme though maybe it's, maybe not yeah i don't um i don't i mean i don't know that it would need to be because of the speeds, like it's not Thunderbolt, so they don't need to get it up to, you know, 2,500 megabytes per second. I'm looking at their website now, and it doesn't say easily for me to find. Um, it is. Yeah, it's NVMe. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's Aura SSD powered. Aura is is OWC's, you know, internal name. But yeah, it's NVMe. Yep. Yeah, good call. All right. We got anything else here, John? I I I have one more thing. And I don't mean that in the Steve Jobs way. I just mean that I have one more thing that I want to talk about before we wrap the show today. But uh, do you have any anything to add before we do that? No. We talked the last time you were here, Pete, about uh, YouTube TV and Fubo TV yeah. as, as our, our replacement options. I have been testing a new one uh, called Direct TV Stream. It used to be AT and T's streaming service, uh, and now Direct TV. That's, that's mine. That's what I use. It is what you're using, yes. man. I, I am loving this. It is good. Yep. The interface is pretty good. Uh, none of them are perfect. YouTube still, YouTube TV, to, in my opinion, is still the best uh, user interface uh, because they they really understand what you want in terms of flexibility of control. Like, for example, there is never a world in which I want TV to auto start playing when I launch the uh, streaming app. And many of them want that as as the default and only i think youtube tv and fubo will let me some of the fubo apps will let me disable that direct tv i have not found a way to disable no. that so it just it starts you know randomly playing some channel at me which if i want to start a if i'm recording a you know a football game or a hockey game and i want to start at the beginning really kind of sucks because i you know i don't want to know what's happening live i right want to uh, sure. yeah exactly uh, but, I, you know, you, I, I hover over the pause button and I'm, I've, I've been able to avoid any issues. But the nice part is, unlike Fubo, uh, DirecTV Stream will let me start watching a recording from the beginning that is in progress while it's recording. So to me, that's a huge win. Yep. The other. So that's better than Fubo on most apps. Some Fubo apps. I, I, it's been inconsistent there, but with DirecTV, it's 100 percent of the time. YouTube will let me do that, but YouTube doesn't get any of the regional sports networks anymore. They've cut all their deals with them, so I can't get here, Nessun, uh, okay. right? And uh, But DirecTV Stream has Nessun. Now, it is not 
the least expensive plan. I think you've got to spend, I think their, their least expensive plan is like 65 a month. Like everybody else's like for on YouTube, uh, in order to get the regional sports networks, you need to jump up to their choice plan, which I think is about 80 bucks a month. And then you get the regional sports networks, which makes sense because the regional sport ne- sports networks charge the providers five bucks a month per customer. So right. yeah, I understand right. they're charging yeah. 15 more. I get, I get that. You do get yeah. more than just the regional sports network, but they got to cover that cost somewhere. That's fine. No. So I've been very, very happy and very impressed with direct TV stream uh, for the last, I don't know, two or three weeks that we've yeah, been if you, uh, So if, if you don't mind, I'll jump yeah, in go. a couple of yeah. things. The, uh, uh, one of the things that's nice about them is I can, uh, un- unlike YouTube TV, I can turn on a VPN to the States and watch from overseas. Interesting. Yeah, you, YouTube won't let me do so. And yeah. Although I did have one the other day yell at me. Oh, maybe it was, uh, I was looking at Amazon Prime Video or something like sure. that. But it was uh, mad yeah. at me about being on a VPN. So I went, all right, I, I'm smarter than you are. And I went to my my home VPN instead of my paid VPN. Yeah. And, and it, then it didn't think I was on a VPN. Um, That's interesting other, because right. like YouTube will not, rely on the IP address it gets from oh. you. YouTube TV will, it, they'll let you get away with it for a short period of time, but they will eventually force you to let your browser share your location, share your location yeah, which goes the, beyond IP. It gives you the, sure. like that goes with the actual IP of your computer, not the VPN IP right. of your and, computer. But I've so. noticed now there's a setting in iOS where you can go, you know, accurate location or... Yeah, but that's still that off, but it's still yeah. gonna it's still gonna get you. Yeah, that got uh, me over the over the hump on uh-oh. the Amazon. Product. Hang on, John. John just uh, John just killed our video. But yeah, keep keep talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The other thing I've noticed that's pretty cool about it is you can often go, uh, or you can set it up so that you look either alphabetically, you know, ABC, CBS, Fox, yep. NBC, yada, or you can go by Directv channel number. For those who have had Directv, you know that. You know, ESPN is, I think, 206 or 306, something. So you can go by channel number, and and, and so when you hit channel up or channel yeah. down on the box that they give you at your house, that'll work. So you, but you can set it up either way, that you go alphabetically or by channel. And then you can go favorites. You can filter out all the crap that you don't want to see, highlight the favorites, and have your guide only come up with the favorite channels that you want to see. So you don't have to go through QVC and Home Shopping Network cool. and all that. Yeah, so that's nice. And then the other thing that I found that I really kind of like is if I'm watching, say, a football game and... It's, you know, it's time to go to bed and watch the last quarter upstairs. Yeah. I just turn off the TV. And when I go upstairs and turn on the TV, it's it knows, right on the football. It knows right where you are. Just yeah. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm doing it without yeah. the, um, without the, the, the box. I'm yeah. just using the streaming service and it, the, it works great. The yeah. box was free. So I went ahead right. and brought it and put it on my, um, brought it into the house and put it on my main TV in the living room. Mm. Um, and then the other thing with regards to price, uh, ask for a deal. Uh, I got the first year for forty nine ninety five or forty nine ninety nine, oh. And then, um, uh, then it jumped to 90. So it's going to sure. average $70 a month over two years. Yep. Uh, yep. Some cable cutting. I mean, it's better than the one forty, one fifty. You seem to get jammed with on a lot of the cables. Yeah, right, right, right. But uh, there's, there's just nothing cheap about getting TV anymore. No matter which way you go, huh. and you start adding in Netflix and Apple TV and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime, and you know you're starting to pay money. 
real money. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah, for sure. So that's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But there, then you got to pick what you like out there. Personally, I'd be happy with a whole lot of a whole lot of nothing. But, yeah, um, yeah, you know, cool. Well, cool. Yeah, no, I. It's this seems to be the one. I mean. Yeah. It, it's the one for me is the right way to say that there, you go. there, yeah. there is no one, you know, one service to rule them all. But it's well thought out. They it definitely is, put some it, design effort into their. Yeah. And it, in, yeah. in some ways it feels like they've they've solved some problems that I'll call reactionary solutions to what sure. other people have failed at. Right. right like they're right. definitely delivering a couple of things that I can't get from both of the other two i can get one from one and one from the other but it's like this gets me everything and it even works with tv everywhere which is great for that channels app that i mentioned so i can run my own dvr that on your synology man oh yeah i highly recommend checking that out okay it's called it, tv everywhere no uh tv everywhere is the service it's the login. It's the authentication service okay. that allows you to you know when you go to like abc.com for yeah. example and you say, I want to watch live TV on the web. They say, great, log in with your provider. Gotcha. And they give you a list of 80 providers or whatever it yep. is. That login is happening through something called TV everywhere. Okay. Okay. And they authenticate you and then come back and say, yeah, this person's allowed to watch ABC. Show them okay. the one from this network affiliate in this location and okay. all of that stuff. Right. Channels at getchannels.com leverages TV everywhere and other things to Act as your own DVR on your mm-hmm. Synology, or you can put it on a, any, sure. like lots of different things. I run it on my Synology, but you could run it on your Mac. And then it records locally, and then and then you have no problems with a VPN yeah. because you're VPNing into your house. It's yeah. your house that's recording for you, and then you can VPN, and you can watch. It's not just recordings. You can watch live uh, TV and channel around, and it's the best interface. So leveraging TV any, everywhere with one of these services with channels starts to become panacea. Got it. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. So for yeah. those of you haters out there, here it comes. But I was trying to watch the Patriots game last week. Yeah. And I was out on the West Coast and Can't couldn't watch anything. But I, uh, that's how I you know, I got finally got into my house and told yeah. AT&T TV, thought, well, okay, you're or now direct TV, direct TV stream. stream. Yep. Uh, okay. And it let me watch the, the rest of the game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but okay. That but channels would solve that problem. And with, awesome. with our son out in Portland, it's been, sure. it's been a great little solution. So, yep. All right. Very cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. 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 That does get us there. We went a little over again. I know we got to We're going to break this habit. We're not, we're not going to let it become a habit, John. That's really what we're going to say about this. Right. right? I want to know. I, I may have like discovered a new keystroke. Yeah. Because you disappeared like a couple yeah, you minutes cut, ago. Yeah, you yeah. cut. Well, only from the video. You the audio kept us it, it rolling. It was fine, uh, which is the majority of the audience anyway. But. Um, but yeah, you, you somehow dropped me from the stream, uh, but I saw you and Pete. So like, it wasn't like my connection stopped or something. I, yeah. The only thing is that your, your window isn't even visible. Mm. You know, there's hide. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I had to click show on stream again, but yeah. Right. You had to click show on stream. Yeah. Hidden. Yeah. Same. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it's time for band practice, Dave. What's that? Sounds it like sounds like it's time, time for, for band, band practice. practice. I know. Yeah. The band's playing. Yeah. It's good. <sighs> All right. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for the last 900 episodes now. You, you folks are amazing. We really, truly couldn't and would not do this without you. So 
thank you. Please make sure to check out our sponsors. Learn about our premium program at MacGeekUp.com slash premium if you uh, are interested and, of course, able. And, uh, but really, just keep listening. And, and the, the, the most important thing that we could ask you to do is to tell a friend about the show. I know. We've done 900 episodes. You think we have all the listeners that we need. Well, there's always people that, that need to, to, to join the family here, right? So share the love. Tell somebody about the episode. Tell somebody about the show in general. Maybe just share one of the little YouTube snippets about your favorite segment. If there is a favorite segment that you don't see a YouTube clip about, let us know. Feedback at MacKeyCab.com. We will make one so that you can share it. It's that simple. We're, we're here for you. Truly. this is. I mean, we do it because we love it. But we're also here for you. That's how it goes. It looks like your audio dropped out on YouTube. There's right, that would have made sense. So, yeah. yeah, when John cut me off. Yeah, yeah wind, that's right. So, it would have yeah. dropped out on YouTube. But that's fine. We have we have this audio. So One other comment there, though, and I don't know if I should be offended or not. Very at the top. But yeah. Before we said, good morning, gentlemen. And Pilot Pete. So, you know. There you go. Okay. They understand. He knows I was in the Marine Corps. So. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. They know. All right. Thanks, folks. Thanks again. Really, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for everything. And uh, we'll see you next week. That's just how it goes. Because, you know, it's what we do. That habit we will keep. So I'm wondering, if I'm not referred to as a gentleman, did I get caught? No. I don't know. What do you think, John? Um... All I got to say, Pete, is don't get caught. That's some good advice right there. Sorry we waited till the end of the episode to tell you.